Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review, and hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by Hector Flores with Modern Woodmen of America, a fraternal financial organization that can help you plan for your family's future. You can give Hector a call if you would like to. Very easy to get a hold of him, 940-453-3490. Also, of course, brought to you by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast, version 193, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. As we were dazzled and we were entertained, and it doesn't mean crap, as the Dallas Cowboys 2021 season was laid to rest here this evening, they failed to win a playoff game. And the 2021 season officially over, January 16th, 2022, as Jacques eats the remaining parts of the of the season. Nah, bro. This, I mean, let me, let me just keep it real with y'all. I don't have the emotional investment the Cowboys fans have on the team because I cover them from a different perspective. And even Matt, that Matt's my dog, but he has an emotional investment. Oh yeah, he'll tell you that, and it, it clearly it ain't a surprise for those of you who listen to the show regularly. But I was so disappointed by today's lackluster performance that you know, as a former fat guy, I still got some fat guy stuff around. I decided I needed some comfort food as we dug into this podcast because I knew Matt was going to feel bad. So I got some white cheddar nachos I'm polishing off right now. I am drinking it with some BioSteel sports drinks. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to offset the two. But I just had two more chips and I was done eating my comfort food after this despicable performance at crunch time today. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you have your (laughs) comfort food. We all need something. We all need something. So you guys listen to Jacques Munch and we'll tell you about the fantastic friend that we have made in Hector Flores. Hector can bring you out of your doldrums of the ending of Cowboys season. He can help you save for your future. He can set you on that path because why? Well, Hector will tell you exactly why. I do this because really it's about helping people. When I can sit down and some of my best stories are just getting people on a budget. People that that don't have 10 bucks in their savings account. To get them on a budget to stick to it, and then six months down the road, then we can really start looking at saving for retirement. Like, those are some of my best stories. But I'm in this business to help people, and that's why I chose Modern Woodman, because, you know, they're non-fee-based, and we do all those other things out in the community. 
So think about that. I mean, he's telling you he believes he's here to help people, regardless of whether you've been saving for years or you're not sure how to get started. Hector Flores is the one that can help you down that path to financial security. All you got to do is give him a call. As he just told you, it's non-fee based. It caused absolutely nothing to meet with Hector. It's free to sit down with him. You just got to give him a call at 940-453-3490. It's pretty simple. Dude, as I like to say, let him put together a game plan and then do like a player. Go out and follow it. Go out and follow it indeed. It's Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America, 940-453-3490. Also, of course, brought to you by Greening Law, our friends, the attorneys at Greening Law. They call them a green team. And if you've been hurt in a car accident, if you've experienced malpractice from a physician or a hospital, hell, maybe you're just a Cowboys fan and you feel like you have been injured on the premises of a business because you were watching the game and your heart was broken. <laughs> I don't know if they can take that case or not. Uh, facetiously, of course not. But seriously, this is what you do. You pick up the phone. The consultation is free, and you let them know about what's happened to you and allow them to be your fierce legal competitor against the insurance companies. Dude, I like to tell y'all all all the time, you got a living, breathing testimony of Matt McLaren because he's used them, and he's told me, man, that uh, they've given him answers to questions he didn't know he was supposed to ask, and that's what a good attorney does for you. Um, I think the other thing that's always key to point out is they got a lot of clients because they're a good company. They also don't get paid unless you get paid. So they grind for you. They work for you. They expect to win. You should expect to win as much as you can in any legal situation. But Greening Law, they're the best. Give them a call. 972-934-8900. Again, it's 972-934-8900. Robert Greening, call now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. The season is over. It is over and done with. And this is going to be an interesting podcast because there's a lot to get through and try and dissect with the game, the season, the future. It's it's colossally disappointing. There's no other way to put it. This is a failure to me. It is a failed season. The quarterback failed. The running back failed. The offensive line failed. The head coach failed. The offensive coordinator failed. The franchise has failed. And... Watching this, that's the only thing I can take away from this. A team that went into the playoffs in a home playoff game committed 14 penalties. You know, and when we get the people that tweeted us, they're like, you know, the refs this and the refs that. Every single one of them that they showed on replay is a penalty. Well, I mean, it's, you know, man, I think um, this is what you have to take away um, from the season if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan is, yeah, to me, it's, it's been a failure. Um, one, they had health. They had a home game, they had a good seed, they had a good team, they had a talented roster, and they didn't come close to playing good, consistent football uh, from November 1st to the end of the season. And my point is, and, and, you know, because I don't live in a world of gumdrops and lollipops as as it revolves around the Cowboys, you know, sometimes you end up saying this, but for, for a team at the end of the year, um you kind of who you are is who you are there's no flukes after 10 11 12 games it's kind of who you are meaning if you're a team that creates turnovers and takes the ball away a lot then for the most part that's who you are at the end of the year and the cowboys were doing that at the end of the year taking turnovers and stuff but what i'm saying is the other stuff the flaws the penalties the offensive line failures the inconsistent quarterback we saw those for most of the last 10 10 weeks and what we saw and why they lost today is kind of why they've been losing and being inconsistent all year, bro. 
Yeah, you're exactly right. And, and we knew that these things we had talked about, if you can't run the football, how will you have success in the playoffs? If you commit some of these boneheaded, dumbass, pre-snap penalties, pre-snap penalties, which are always a penalty. I mean, when you're committing false starts and doing illegal shifts and doing things pre-snap that are penalties, then you're putting yourself behind the eight ball. And we saw that time and time and time again. Of the 14 penalties they committed this evening, six of them were in the pre-snap phase. And look, you have to realize, and you have to be a delusional Cowboy fan to think that this is a successful season. It was not about the regular season. It was not about the end of the season record. For instance, we had the DFW cultural sports guy tweeted at us because he said, I had put out, and this is what I think. This is how I feel that the season went. This is what I put on Twitter. This is a colossally disappointing season. Not winning a playoff game for this group should be unacceptable. Absolutely not a successful season. They failed. Then he tweeted, he goes, I have to disagree. And I said, you thought this was a successful season? He said, yes, I did. Before Tampa, at the beginning of the year, we all thought maybe 10 and 7. Who thought the defense would be this good? This team overperformed. And I just thought, no, I'll, I'll tell you who they thought would be this good. Everybody in that locker room, the head coach, all the way up to Jerry Jones, who said after the game that this is probably the most disappointed he's ever been, that he can't remember the last time that he was this, this disappointed. And Jerry Jones, in his own words, basically made it abundantly clear he believed that the Cowboys had the talent and the health to win in the playoffs. He expected that they would win and that this is a huge missed opportunity. No, all, all of that is true, man. Um, from Jerry's perspective, uh, they had every reason to believe that they could win in the playoffs. They had every reason to believe that the health would give them an edge. They had home games. That's why you say that there's that there's no excuses for this. And, uh, you know, it's, it's things that they have to now figure out and solve. But it's going to be hard because I thought this was the best team they had. You got to listen to me. The best team that they were going to have over the next two or three years, I think, was this team right here. Because, yeah. you know, guys will get older, so they won't be as good like Tyron Smith or Zach Martin, and then you'll lose guys, you know, whether it's Dalton Schultz or Cedric Wilson, that Michael Gallup, whoever you lose, that's the depth that gave you the talent to withstand injuries and stuff during the regular season to put that together. But here to me, man, and we're going to get into all of that later, but to me, Matt, this is one of the few times, and I tweeted this out a couple times today, where, you know, it's a cliche, and it's the kind of cliche that I challenge people on every time I hear it because uh, of what I'm about to say next. So if I tell if if you if you take a class from me, Matt, and we go out to a game, and and I say, well, why do you guys think one of the reasons you lost? Oh, the other team wanted it more. People say that all the time, yeah. and I always say, okay, that's fine. Don't write that shit. Instead, you can say, here are the effort plays that the other team made that showed how badly they wanted to win, which is your way of saying they wanted it more. And normally, I don't really see that in the NFL. Dude, San Francisco had so many plays where their effort resulted in more yards, even if it was five instead of two, or resulted in first downs. And I was like, they are playing like they just want it more, that they're more desperate, that there's more urgency, that there's more desire and in playoff games, man, that, that stuff makes a difference. Yeah, it does. And, and 
You know, the reality of it is this, and we're going to get into all of this. We're going to dive into the game. We're going to dive into all the plays, the ending of it all. But the reality of it is, and, and this is true, that Jerry Jones described himself as extraordinarily disappointed. We all are disappointed. If you are a Cowboys fan and you're not disappointed by this, I question if you really are a fan. And Ed Werder asked him about a potential coaching change. And Jerry responded, I don't even want to discuss anything like that at this particular time, to which you, Jacques, retweeted on Twitter and said, that's not a no. And it's not. And Ed said, you're right, did not eliminate the possibility as I expected he would. And you can see Jerry's eyes when he's talking here. I mean, his eyes are red. He's pissed. He's upset. All of us are. I, I'm pissed at this game because I feel like the Cowboys weren't ready when the game began. Now, see, I, I'm going to tell you, Matt, um, this is one. This is the kind of stuff I challenge. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to challenge you the way I would, I would challenge anybody else. And it's not that I don't necessarily agree with you, but I would say it another way. So when you say it looks like they weren't ready to play, what does that mean? See, and that's the thing is that I would agree with you. Because obviously, and, and I agree with you what you were saying originally, I've never really thought – you know, well, they just wanted it more. So you're telling me the Cowboys didn't want to win the game just as badly, right? right? And and we don't think that they were ready to go. And it's a bad way to describe it. See, but I, I would but go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say because when I – I guess my point is, and I don't know if it's that they weren't ready. It, it's something was missing where San Francisco went right down the field okay. on the opening See, drive a... with four straight plays of 10-plus yards, kind of what you were talking about of extending some of those plays. Where it felt right, like, right. okay, and, and even after the first drive, I said, well, let's see how the Cowboys respond. Like, like let them get the ball. Yeah, I think, and, and you know, like I said, I, I would say this to anybody. What you're saying is not wrong, except instead of saying they weren't ready to play, because I would imagine they were ready to play. What happened, I think, and you tell me what you think, is that the coaching staff got his ass kicked during the week. During the week is all about the the first couple series is all about the stuff that you do during the week, you know where haha you thought we were gonna do this gotcha or you know we've run out of this formation every time this year but we play you and so now we're gonna pass out of it gotcha yeah that's what coaching is during the week so when Shanahan's offense goes ten plays eighty yards or whatever it did with the first drive that's Shanahan kicking your ass during the week because ha 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 we're gonna talk about bully ball yeah. all week then we're gonna come out with play action in the first part of the game. Then we're going to hit you with the other stuff because now you're on your heels because we're out here throwing, and boom, 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 before you know it, we're on the road 7 nothing. So it's not that, to me, it's not that they weren't ready to play. It's that Shanahan's defense, offensive scheme during the week kicked their ass, and that's why they're up 7 nothing. And then you have San Francisco's defense hype now, and then the Cowboys have a bad first series that ends in a sack, and you're like, okay, the game is here. And we're already talking like, here's a big drive in the game. And what happened at the end of that second drive for San Francisco yep. is what I'm talking about, Matt. The tight end, I mean, the fullback catches a ball, like, and then he's hit, and then he literally drags two or three guys four more yards. And instead of a 58 or 59-yard field goal, it becomes a makeable 52-yard field goal, and all of a sudden you're down 10 nothing. And so you're like, is it that they didn't come ready to play? Or that San Francisco beat them on a coaching staff during the week 
and then out efforted them during that's a word, even though I didn't say it right. <laughs> Use more effort than them during the game at various points. Yeah. You got a first time. Like, remember early in the game, maybe the second drive or third drive, Ayuk like runs through two people on the sideline yeah. and lunges for a first down. It's that's pure effort, man. That's just pure effort. And the way the game ended before the before the illegal procedure, Debo Samuel, he just runs through five guys at the end and says, I want this first down. Yeah. That's just effort, man. That's that's effort. That ain't got shit to do with talent. That's that's clear examples of I wanted more. Just like we just gave you clear examples of why it looked like they didn't they weren't ready to play. Yeah, and, and again, you know, Romo himself on the broadcast, when we talk about these penalties and you talk about ready to play and effort, after there was another neutral zone infraction, Romo said the stuff you can control most is pre-snap. Pre-snap is focus and commitment. Romo said that. And, and yeah. you know, that's why all these things get, get so frustrating when it builds up and you see the same mistakes over and over and over. For instance, we go to the Cowboys' second drive of the game. It's 10-7 to seven at this point. The defense just held them to a field goal, which I actually thought the defense made some decent adjustments after they got it rammed down their throat on the first drive and, and at least allowed the offense an opportunity. Well, what happens? So Dak is going to have them down. Here it is. All of a sudden, and this is the Cowboys' second drive of the game, it's 3-6. and six. Dak makes an incredible play, rolls out, hits CeeDee Lamb for a 32-yard gain. All right, here we go. Nope, holding. So now instead of a first down and a 32-yard gain, it's three, it's third and 16. And, of course, you get nothing, you punt, and the ball goes right back to San Francisco. Yeah, dude. Um, when you lead the league in penalties and then you set a playoff record for penalties, um, it's who you are, bro. I think there ended up being uh, seven on offense, five on defense, two on special teams, whatever. It's um, – Dude, it's exactly who they are. Uh, a mistake-prone team that can't get out of its way and sabotages themselves. I mean, that's what they've been for the last two months. We've written stories about mm -hmm. it. We've talked about it. And the penalties have never stopped. There are just so many moments in this game that, hell, one of the drives to me just summed up what this franchise is, this season and this franchise to some degree. And that was the one in the first half where it's a first down, and then they get an incomplete pass, but it was a hold on Collins, so it's first and 20, and then it's third and 19, and Dak throws the ball over the middle to Cedric Wilson, who loses it in the sun, and I just thought, you know, to me, you get these ridiculous penalties and this refusal to do anything about the sun that, that has risen up and been a problem at times before, of doing something, whether it's hanging curtains or figuring out a way, so then a playoff game, your wide receiver doesn't miss an opportunity for a first down because he can't see the damn ball. Um, you know, I'm going to take that further because Ed Werder talked about it uh, before. I mean, at one level, yeah, you can put some curtains up there. Uh, we've talked about that in the past, and, uh, you know, it ain't happened, so clearly they don't care about it. Right, that's what I'm saying. But the other thing is it's your stadium, so you should at least know – where the this is what I mean. You should at least know that the sun is right there at that time of day going in that direction. Oh, sure. And that information should be like in the minds of your coaches so that they do what? You have that run cutting left. Maybe it just requires you to reverse the play or whatever so that it's not in that spot. Now, the other team, 
you would hope, would not know when the sun hits like that. But if, at least if it's your stadium and you want that to be some kind of advantage, you should at least really go take advantage of it. And they didn't do that. And, uh, you know, that's just kind of symptomatic, man, of, um, of the details not being taken care of today. And uh, it's just, just a, uh, you know, dude, this season just has to feel like just pretty much like Jerry said, just a profound disappointment because basically after six and one start with all the emotion, the win in New England, the legitimizing of the, of the team and the, and the Super Bowl season that could happen, they were an average 500 team the rest of the way. They were, and, and that's what this team is. It's a symbol of mediocrity over the course of the last 26 years, and it's 26 years now. Guys, this is Detroit Lions and Washington football team territory. Those are the teams that haven't been to the NFC Championship game since the Cowboys. And then did you see this stat? As you look at it, that is now 11 consecutive playoff appearances without reaching the conference title game, the longest streak of all time. Not for the Cowboys, like in NFL history. Yes, which is worse because it means you're getting to the playoffs and not getting it done. Yeah, and this is another one of those seasons that we talk about. And, and, and let's, let's reset because I wanted to stay with the game. And let's go through a little bit more of the game, and then we'll kind of get back into the frustrations of the overall season. But talking about our sponsors is one way to make everybody feel better because they're going to make you feel better because they're going to take care of you. And I can tell you this right now, Bruce Biltong, and if you haven't had biltong, I don't know why you haven't tried it yet. It'll definitely make you feel better because you'll actually eat it and you'll be like, oh my God, this is actually, Matt and Jacques are right. This is damn good. And that's what we're talking about. It's Bruce biltong. It's like beef jerky, but is it a traditional air-dried South African meat? It's called biltong and you order it online at bruisebiltong.com, B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G. And if you use the promo code JAM15, well, you get 15% off your order. You can't beat that. Nope, not with a baseball bat. Um, <laughs> I'm all for Bill Talk, man. It's uh, it's great because, let me tell you something, beach season is only six months away. Yeah, for real. And so I'm all about the Bill Talk, man. Now, I'm increasing my, my, uh, my aptitude for it or my appetite for it, and here's why. It's two ounces, 30 grams of protein, no carbs, no sugar, no additives. Why I'm cranking up the workouts, I want it, a protein-based snack. This does trick sliced biltongs and one for me, baby. It is. It's fantastic. And again, as Jacques just told you, you can get a bigger bag or you can get, they have the two ounce snack bags that are 240 calories and 30 grams of protein. I think it's fantastic. We both really, really enjoy the biltong. You need to order it. Go to bruisebiltong.com, promo code JAM15 at checkout, and you get 15% off your order. Also, of course, our friends at Blue Star Motor Group. Man, you talk about cheering yourself up. Go get a car. Why not? They got a car for every budget. Go buy a car from Deb and Mike, man. They got a car if you got a kid who's turning 16, like my granddaughter in a month or so, and you want to hook her up. They got a car if you got a kid going to college, my, like my son, in a few months. They got a car of, hey, we want to upgrade, get something nice. Whatever you want, they can fit your budget. And then Dale, Deb is the deal woman. That's what I was trying to say. She can make a deal. There's no GM for her. She handles that. There's no finance manager for her. She handles that. Give her a call. Get a deal done. You'll be happy that you did. 817-881-4066 is her number. You can shoot her a text or just give her a call. 817-881-4066. Online at bluestarmotorgroup.com. And keep in mind, if you are looking to sell your vehicle, they will come to you. They will come to wherever you are, to your location. They will pick up your car, and they will leave you with cash. 
And most of the times they'll beat a dealership. They can offer you more because they have such low overhead. It's Blue Star Motor Group at bluestarmotorgroup.com. So we move forth and we continue this conversation and kind of diving into this game. There's so many things with this, the frustration, and yet it's what this season was. And you can go, I was going to throw this out there, the first drive of the second half. Cowboys get the ball to start their second half. They have a third and four. And this is what I'm talking about when people want to blame the refs or Mike McCarthy want to go, wants to go to the podium at the end of the game as he did tonight and, and bitch about how, you know, we thought they'd let us play and all this crap about the refs. Guess what, Mike? It was third and four, false start, third and nine. Oh, and then immediately another false start. At home in your own stadium, back-to-back false starts, and all of a sudden it's third and 14, and oh, what a shock, it's a sack. Dude. A lot of their mistakes this year, or a lot of their losses, have come from self-inflicted inflicted things, man. And, and so, I mean, we talked about the slow start to the game, but this is part of, you know, you get a great kickoff return by Tony Pollard. There's a holding call, so instead of starting at, like, your 40, you're starting at your 9. It's just stuff like that, yep. man, that they've been doing all year. And, you know, much like baseball, man, or any other sport, the season is long. At the end of the season, you pretty much are who you are statistically because you have good games, you have bad games, but pretty much you are who you are, and they've been a dumb team when it comes to penalties all year long, bro. Yeah, and and again, you know, at that point of the game, and they still had a lot of the third and fourth quarter to play, but at that point of the game on third down, their average yards to go on third down was 11. Not even 10 because of penalties. (laughs) think about that I mean that, that's insane and and you know that's where you start to get into this and I look I, I thought when Dak had the pressure on the second and 28 you know after the penalty for the block in the back and then they got a sack immediately and it was second and 28 that set and again it was a blatantly obvious block in the back you, Dak gets pressured and throws the pick and then I thought that that was going to be the game because San Francisco at that point goes up 23 to 7 and Dallas tried to fight and get back into this, but they could not get out of their own damn way. I mean, when Jimmy drew through that, Jimmy G finally threw a pick. And I feel like right. we all were just waiting for him to throw one of those. And the Cowboys are able to get a, an opportunity here to make this a game. You still wanted to believe that there was a chance. I still wanted to believe that there was the fake punt that they called that worked. But even then, it's they call the fake punt and it works. And then they decide to leave the punt team out there to try and trick San Francisco into calling a timeout. Kyle Shanahan's like, what the hell? I'm Go ahead, run another dumbass play with your punt team. What are you going to do? And so then they're like, oh, shit, they're not going to call a timeout. Okay, guys, get out there. Oh, we didn't send you out with enough time, and now it's a delay of game. I mean, it's that type of little crap that adds up. Dude, it's 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 the – and see, not sound like a football coach because it's the execution of it um, because – I listened to the post game a little bit afterwards before we came on here, and he's like, it was called the turbo package. It's something we do where we run back-to-back plays out of that same formation because it assumes we've, you know, we've executed the fake punt. And he's basically saying they're not, there's, as you said, they're not expecting us to keep the personnel on there, so we have another play called especially for that that takes advantage of that. Okay, that's all fine. It really is. But then it's the execution that messes it up. And, I mean, let's keep it real, man. You know, I argue with my dad in a good-natured way about this uh, from time to time. My dad, there's two kinds of fans, man, because my dad's a season ticket holder for the Buffalo Bills forever. 
There are fans like my dad who blames the coaching staff for everything. And then there's fans who blame the players for just about everything and don't really talk much about the coaches. But the execution of these plays, man, is what's Mm. killing them. And I say that because, like, that lateral play where Cedric Wilson catches it and then tries to throw it to a guy standing, that play has been schemed to work both times. It is open, and it would work both times. But the first time, uh, you know, I don't think Amari Cooper was kind of ready for it, and it didn't work. And this time, the throw was bad to Tony Pollard, and it didn't work. So the play was there, but the execution wasn't. And it's been like that all year. It was like that today. And then when the play is there, you know, it's the other way. Or, you know, they, they just can't get out of their own way, man. No, they can't. And, and it's... It was maddening this this evening watching this game. There were times where you're just screaming at the TV. You can't believe what you're hearing. It's penalty after penalty after penalty. I mean, for instance, at the end of the game, when they're trying to stop San Francisco so that they can have some time and give the offense a chance, what happens? It's third and 12 after a San Francisco false start, and the Cowboys commit another penalty and just give them a first down. They just give them one. And, and it, it, it blows your mind, and that was the sequence where they finally got to third and five, and Leighton Vander Esch made the best play he's made in his Cowboys career in an open field tackle. It's fourth and one. They decide to punt to give him a chance to win the game, and then they go down there, and I thought, Dak, you know, that, that pass to Schultz for 38 yards, and then what happens? It's what always seems to happen. They do something good, and they shoot themselves in the foot. You get a sack. Next thing you know, it's third and 11. Oh, there's a hold, so it wouldn't matter what they did anyway. Well, they decline it. It's fourth and 11. Dak under pressure immediately. The 13th time he was under pressure in this game that he was hurried. And he actually, I couldn't believe he got a pass off. And he got off a pretty damn good pass to Cedric Wilson, who just couldn't get it. I still can't believe that they had an opportunity after that to come back and try to win the game. (laughs) Nope. They had plenty of chances, man. They have nobody to blame but themselves. So I'm I'm not trying to hear any pity parties or any the refs did this or, you know, we should have done that or this could, I mean, they had opportunities that they really didn't deserve. Um, they had a chance to win it. That's all you want. They had three or four, the ball three or four times in the last four minutes or something like that. I mean, dude, it's the number one offense, right? It's supposed to be the number yeah. one offense that's loaded with all these players with this brilliant young play caller and this number one offense barely cracked 300 yards They had the ball for just 26 minutes, and they only scored 17 points. And this number one offense, when it was all said and done, and it came right down to it, and we got to get to this, this number one offense that I thought actually had some nice play calls on that final drive with no timeouts, and they went right down the field in three plays. And that was, apparently, according to Mike McCarthy, that was a designed quarterback draw. That wasn't Dak just off the top of his head going, hey, I'm just going to take off and run it. They apparently practice that play every week in practice, and that Mike McCarthy thought they could get down there and that they would get one more shot on that QB run that ran out the clock. And, and I'm sitting there going, what of all the plays you have in your bag, that's the play that you're going to call knowing you are, you are going to go right up against it. You are hoping to God you got one second. And if you are off by one second, your season's over. And they were off by one second. That's why it's a bad play. Um it's a bad play because it leaves too much to chance. It leaves just, you know, and then as the Cowboys have done this year, if that's the play and you've practiced it every Friday and Saturday all season, because I heard him say that on the uh, 
on the press conference. That's great. That's cool. That's good. But then it becomes lack of execution because the biggest flaw in the play is that Dak didn't give the ball to the umpire. Yep. The umpire's got to touch the ball before every play. Um, so he gave it to the center, but the umpire's got to get it. Now, the umpire was late coming down, but guess what? If you give the ball to the umpire, what's he do, Matt? He tells the clock to chill out because I got to catch my breath for, for a tick right. and, and set this ball. If you don't give it to him, then he bumps into you trying to get it. You have to start the play over, and that's where the last two seconds went. Yeah, so exactly. Was, yeah. My bottom line is that's fine if you work on that play and you were going to spike it, and that sets up – because he talked about this, bro. He said that sets up our five – wide verticals to the end zone that we use with two seconds left. That's all great. That all makes sense to me. The problem is you fucked up the execution just Mm -hmm. like you fucked up a lot of execution today and you never get to play off. And it's, uh, dude. Yeah, and that's the thing I think is that a lot of people were like, well, that's ridiculous. The ref did that and he's got to get out of the way. No, he doesn't. Dak put the ball, and then they all lined up. The ref had to fight his way through the line so that he could get down there, touch the ball, spot it himself. And because that they didn't, I mean, Dak could have tossed the ball like you were talking about to the ref as he's running down the field to catch up with them, and then they're fine. The fact that he set the ball, and then they all lined up like they were going to snap it, he had to push his way through. And that little difference right there is the difference between having one more play with the second left and your season being over. And the fact that they, if you do practice it every week, the fact that it's not ingrained in your quarterback that you, hey, when we get down there and this happens, you find the ref immediately. Find the up, give it to him immediately. And, and yeah. they, they didn't, as you said, they didn't execute. And at some point along the way, the disconnect with the lack of execution with this coaching staff and this group of players, they shit the bed and the Cowboys season is over. Well, the thing about it is you got to be real careful, bro. Real careful. And I'm, I'm really talking about Mike McCarthy. You can't be giving your team public um, reasons for excuses. You just can't provide those types of excuses. The referees had nothing to do with the loss today. And you're lying to yourself, dog. And you're lying to your team if you allow them to believe that and use that as some kind of, well, you know, if the refs hadn't done this, we'd have kicked San Francisco ass and we'd have been in – no. You, you, I mean, you can't do that, man. You know what, Matt? I've told you this before. If I, if my, if I get an email that my son flunked a test or scored very poorly on something uh, that was important, I look at, I ask him one question, and the question is, did you study? Because if the answer is no, we don't fucking need to talk about it. <laughs> we know why you struggled and flunked it. But if the answer is yes, okay, then we got to have another conversation. But the, the answer is designed, I need the truth. I don't need you to lie to me. I need the truth so we can figure out whether you need to quit being lazy or whether you need to get some help. And so the Cowboys can't lie to themselves about why they lost, man. Otherwise, this shit will go on for 50 years. Yeah, and again, Mike McCarthy. We're halfway official. there. You know, we, a little over halfway. It's 26. We've got 24 more years to go till we hit 50. But McCarthy was asked about the officials, and his quote was, I thought they would let these teams play today. That's for them to answer. Bruh, that's what I'm talking about. So you thought they would ignore the false starts? You thought that they would ignore the holdings? That's what I don't understand. I mean, most of these penalties, especially today, I thought were obvious. 
The block in the back and the, and the illegal hands to the face, I mean, you, you could see those in real time where you immediately go, oh, that's a penalty. I mean, it's not that difficult to call these. And, and you know, the handful of you guys that listen, that, that want to argue about the refs and talk about, well, it's obvious that they blatantly horrible calls. No. Okay. I, I don't know what to tell you. Again, the lack of execution with a team like this, and I do think this is a talented team. Most people around the NFL will tell you the Cowboys have one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. And they did not win a playoff game. It's ridiculous, and it should be unacceptable, and I don't know what you do about it. But the way that this game ended is about, it summed everything up because of the lack of execution, the lack of when your season was on the line, all those stupid-ass things that screwed you that you could overcome against shitty teams, bit you in the ass against the 49ers, and now your season is over. Yep, man. You know, you just got to own it, bro. Um, And I think if... I think it's um I think it's really 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 bad way to set the tone in the offseason if you just don't own it. Like he's got another chance to own it tomorrow. You know, when he comes back for his mm-hmm. final post game, postseason thing and then, you know, whatever. So, but you need to look at the film, do whatever you're going to do and own this tomorrow that no, nah, it wasn't the refs. It was us. You know, and there's our lack of execution on these plays and our lack of effort on these plays and our lack of discipline on these plays. And if that doesn't happen, then we win the game. And so, you know, you got to take that kind of approach, man, because if he sticks to that wide receiver thing, that means you're building your entire offseason, your entire character, your team, you know, on a sand-based lie because that's not why you lost. Yeah, and – You know, at some point, they got to look at this and they have to ask themselves the tough questions. And I've been a big believer in Dak. I still believe Dak can win, but you're six years into your NFL career and you've got one playoff win. That's just reality. Zeke, who apparently revealed at the end of the game what we are, they're telling us Zeke is fine, nothing's wrong with Zeke. And of course, Zeke, as soon as the season ends, lets everybody know that he's been playing most of the season on a partially torn MCL and or PCL rather he had a, a partially torn PCL that he told us after the game and it was obvious that something was wrong with Zeke and yes we saw the great pa- pra- pass protection that we had seen from him but it almost seemed like the Cowboys at times were stubborn or for whatever reason would put Zeke out there where we would scratch our heads and wonder why not allow Tony Pollard a little bit more exposure because he has just got more burst and more explosion than Zeke does right now and, and it's all those types of things like that that today it really felt like a lot of that stuff kind of came to a head. And, and, and you and I have talked about this, I swear, the last couple of months. This offensive line is not very good anymore. And it's something that in this game with the holdings, the false starts, the Dallas Cowboys in a playoff game, they ended up rushing 21 times for 77 yards. Their running backs, Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard, combined for 16 carries for 45 yards. Yeah, you know, the first run of the game set the tone, bro. Uh, I mean, Zeke took it up in there. He got hit three yards in the backfield, man. Um, They had a good running game on their first scoring drive. Uh, They got some things going, but they weren't consistent with it. They weren't uh, committed to it. Uh, They don't have any confidence in it. And they got to get that offensive line fixed in the offseason. However you do it, uh, you can replace the center if you can find a cheap replacement, draft a guy at uh, guard if you need to but you got to figure out what the deal is 
um, you know, going forward because it was average at best. And it's only going to get worse because Zach Martin's a year older. Tyron Smith's a year older. And Lyle Collins, who's regressed into, you know, in my opinion, yeah. you know, basically just a guy. Maybe it's a little bit better, but, you know, basically just a guy. Um, you know, how, how you get better across the front. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is, but they, they have to really ask some tough questions. I mean, Jerry... Look, look, he basically admitted a lot of that. You, you don't pay your quarterback $40 million a year to not win in the playoffs. That's just reality. And I still believe in Dak, but the clock is going to start ticking as it's, it's going to tick on this core. And that's why I think there's a lot of disappointment here because of some of the transitions that they're going to have to start going through. We talk about the offensive line. They're going to have to ask the question, are you bringing back Amari Cooper? Are you letting Michael Gallup go? Is CeeDee Lamb really what we all think that he can be? They're going to have to ask questions at tight end. They gave Blake Jarwin a contract a couple of years ago, and they don't need him anymore. He'll be gone. Are, are you going to have this group that can do those types of things, the ability to take the ball away that they did on defense this year? But the reality of it is you pay these guys at certain positions to do things, to put up certain numbers, but more importantly, you pay them to win in the playoffs. And they haven't done yeah. that. This group has not won in the playoffs. This, this group has one playoff win. Well, I think I think all that's all that's good and all that's fair and all that's accurate, obviously. But you got to start with the with the first big question, bro. Um, and, and what's your take? Are you bringing McCarthy back? I think you're done with them. And I think I, I do because I, I I think if I was Jerry Jones, I have to look at this, and and he's got to ask himself the question. See, and here's the thing, though, because if he is done, then what is it? it because if, you're, if, you're, if you think it's going to be Dan Quinn, I don't know that Kellen Moore is the answer. What has Kellen Moore done? He calls some great plays from time to time. But what has Kellen Moore done that incites anybody to believe that he's the next coming of Sean McVay or something of that nature? And so if now you don't you, feel like you have somebody there that's a, a, a step ahead of McCarthy, then you may be stuck. You just raised a fascinating question. A fascinating question. I mean, to me, Dan Quinn is a guy who came in here, and in one season, there is no mistake about this. This is a defense that was night and day different than anything we had seen. And Dan Ooh, Quinn seems like he is expiring people, seems like he actually took what he learned from failing in Atlanta and changed a lot of what he was about. And we heard Mike McCarthy was going to change a lot of things that he was about, and yet I don't see that happening. No. So that's the, um, that's the question is – if if Jerry decides, oh my God, I'm done with McCarthy, is Dan Quinn your guy? Because I don't think Kellen Moore gets a job this offseason. He ain't done his offense hadn't done shit in the last two months. And on national TV, they didn't do shit in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I guess shit is my buzzword for today. I've used it like well, ten times. There's no probably. reason not to after what we saw today. It's a great way to describe it. Um But I wonder if he's ready to make a move because of this profound disappointment. And um, let me tell y'all something. This is a quick exit ramp. It's what we call it in the business. Um, when you have a loss like this, ownership must blame somebody. And that somebody usually gets popped. And so the question, Matt, is who gets blamed in the prior? Who is Jerry Jones cussing out right now to Steven? Like, I can't believe this motherfucker did this, Steven. And Steven's going, yeah, Dad, yeah. You know, that's the question. 
It has to be on the offensive side of the ball, doesn't it? And, and McCarthy is supposed to be this quarterback whisperer. McCarthy was the one. They brought in Mike McCarthy because he's supposed to take. We've seen them go to the playoffs. We've seen it. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody, honestly, to be fair, even if you had just won one game, we would all have been looking at each other and going, cool, Garrett could have done this. Mike right. McCarthy was brought here to put this team past the level that it had not been able to get past in 26 years, and he hasn't done it. It was a colossal failure last year. Everybody said, oh, okay, COVID this and COVID that, and then your quarterback got hurt, and whatever, we'll give you a mulligan. Well, what the hell was all that different this year? Your quarterback was healthy, you won some games, but when you needed to win, all the reasons why you struggled and lost five games and why you had some close games and towards the back part of the season, we all looked at each other and go, man, what is going on here? All that shit was on display today against San Francisco. Nothing changed. Yeah. Nothing was different the final two months of the season when we'd all sit here and go, well, they got time to work on this. Well, you know, hey, there's still six games left. There's time to work on that. And they nothing was different. Nah, bro. It's uh, And that's where the profound disappointment comes in. They haven't been able to get it done. Um, in any year, under any set of circumstances, again, they were rolling this year, and then they hit a lull and just never got it back, man. Um, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't figure out a way to get their offense consistently moving. Um, the defense was obviously really good at the end of the year, but they just never, they never played enough. I mean, clean, complete games against good teams. Right now, we saw them do it against Philadelphia. We saw them run it up again against, um, you know, Washington, and we saw them beat the hell out of, uh, beat the hell out of. Um, What's that team they beat the hell out of? Philadelphia. Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. Not Atlanta. Forty-three-three. Yeah. You know, yeah, but those were all inconsistent wins, man. They never strung them all together, and to me, that was that was like the biggest deal. Yeah, and and they're gonna have a lot of those difficult questions to ask. And if you do move on from Mike McCarthy, it's with the understanding. Look, Dan Quinn got a team to a Super Bowl, and and maybe you're sitting there going, okay, they know if if they don't make changes Dan Quinn will not be here next year and I know Micah Parsons in his post game basically was begging Quinn hey he said Q you know you're my dog don't leave if you can hear this if you see this Dan Quinn's going to get a head coaching job and the Cowboys are going to have to ask themselves the question of would you rather him get a head coaching job and another opportunity to show some of the things that apparently he has learned that we saw on display as a defensive coordinator do you want another franchise to benefit from his second chance or is that going to be you and then you have to ask yourself the same question about Kellen Moore. If you believe Kellen Moore is supposed to be the next Zach Taylor or Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan or one of these brilliant young offensive minds, is now the time? Or are you just going to hold him in the wings for forever and the status quo comes in and you hope you find a defensive coordinator to replace Dan Quinn that can do some of the things that we saw his defense do this year? I don't know what the answer is here. I just... I don't know how you move forward with Mike McCarthy. I mean, how, how many opportunities do you give this guy? And I know it's only been two, but this, this, as Jerry said, this is a roster that has talent. I hate to tell people, yeah, there are some holes on this. Every NFL team has holes. This is a, a roster that has enough high-priced talent. They have multiple all-pro players on this roster, and they didn't get it done. No, I think the, um, the question that must be asked and is being asked over Johnny Walker Blue tonight. It's probably it's probably Jerry and Steve. Maybe Will McClay went over there to Preston Avenue to uh, you know f 
get a little bit of Johnny Walker Blue as well. But I think the question that has to be asked is where, you know, where, how much responsibility do we put on on McCarthy for this? You know, how much do we put on uh, Kellen Moore? How much do we put on on the players? How much do we put on the quarterback? Those are all the questions that you got to ask with honesty. And honesty can come out with Johnny Walker Blue because your filter is, is, is not as strong. <laughs> no you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's so smooth. You, you know, you just start speaking the truth. It's like, it is like uh, truth serum. So the question is, where does the blame fall? Where does, how do you fit McCarthy into the blame? Would you rather have McCarthy than Dan Quinn? You know, because there's a lot of benefits to keeping Quinn if you think he can do things that McCarthy didn't. I mean, hell, you got you got one game to, to watch him actually do it. So, you know, and then here's the other thing. That allows you to either promote Joe Witt, the defense coordinator, if that's what you want to do, or pair Quinn up with, you know, Vic Fangio or somebody Fangio, somebody like that. Mm. You know, however you want to do it where you can keep some continuity or, you know, does Quinn want to call his own defense? Did he enjoy doing that when he was in Atlanta? These are just all things to keep in mind. Right. But the fundamental question is, fundamental question is in Dallas would Jerry still rather have year three of McCarthy and year one of Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn won't be here and here's why it's fascinating man because you can still keep Kellen Moore running the offense because McCarthy done told y'all I don't run the offense right and Kellen Moore I, I just refuse to believe he gets a head coaching job I, I don't know just, what anybody has seen that makes anyone think that he's ready to run an NFL team. I mean, his offense, the best offense coordinator just make adjustments on the fly. And here's the other thing, man. I'm just keeping it real because I think Kellen Moore is really good. I just think he hasn't proven he deserves a job yet. Here's the deal. If they hire you, Kellen Moore, if an NFL team hires Kellen Moore, what are they hiring him to do, Matt? They hire him to run the offense and call the plays. Because now, once you've been around a few years, if you want to give up the play calling to focus on being a head coach, you can do that. But while you're establishing yourself, you need to tell the team why you need to show the team and me why I'm paying you all this money and why you're helping us win. And you do that by calling the plays. Well, this offense has not made the adjustment to the adjustments that uh, Vic Fangio showed in Denver. They haven't been able to consistently rebooted and they've had basically all their guys healthy most of the year and that is an indictment on Kellen Moore uh you know whether you want to accept it or not no it's true and, and I'll be very fascinated to see what they decide to do because something has to change and, and the part that if you keep Mike McCarthy the part you know for sure is going to change is that really what the best thing was about this team all year the defense is going to be different because Dan Quinn will not be here if you keep Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn's going to be the head coach in Denver or somewhere else in one of these openings. And so yeah. I think that, yeah. that that's, that's – they're going to have to, like you said, they're going to have to weigh that of would we rather keep the offense the same and, and mess with the defense or do we want to keep the guy that did this defense, keep Kellen Moore here as the offensive coordinator, and so that way it almost feels like there's more continuity than if you just got rid of McCarthy because what the hell does Mike McCarthy do? How does Mike McCarthy now, make this team better? Nah, I, uh, I was I was gonna say I think we found out some answers to that during the year, man. I think um, I think he set he helped set a tone for the team. I think he did some good things this year. 
Um, I like his aggress- aggressiveness, so he makes them aggressive. Um, I think he put a good team together. Um, I think they played hard. I think they were ready most weeks. Uh, but I think he fell short in the playoffs, and I think he never figured out how to handle the whole penalty thing. Some of the penalties, man, is you're just not good enough, so you got to cheat. Connor Williams. Right. Tyler Biotis, mm-hmm. you know, occasionally one of the defensive backs. Lyle Collins. They got beat. Right. You know? So you got to cheat. <clears throat> but the pre-snap penalties, dog, those are the ones that are completely, totally unacceptable. And you can't have one unit, the offensive line, accounting for nearly half your penalties when you lead the league in penalties. It's going to be fascinating to see. There are going to be changes coming as the season has ended. But before we move forth into the conversation, let's remind you, as Jacques knows better than anybody, if you haven't taken your vehicles to Freeway Tire Shop yet, I don't know what you're doing. You're, you're trying to be the Dallas Cowboys. You don't care about greatness. You don't care about really being a champion because that's what Freeway Tire Shop is. That's the type of attitude that JR and his crew kind of attack things with every day. They have elite-level customer service. No matter what it is, I mean, it, like an oil change or a tire rotation, and then you need a four new set of tires and you need engine work. I mean, they are going to take care of you no matter what, and you can trust the work that they're doing. Dude, for me, it's all about trust when it comes to uh, JR, man, and Freeway Tire. It's all about trusting them to diagnose the issue and then trusting them to uh, use quality parts to fix it, bro. Trusting them to give you the best price that they can give you not gouge you. And then it's about the trust that they'll stand behind their work, dog. They do it all the time. That's why JR's my guy. Freeway Tire Shop is just north of downtown Dallas. You can request a quote. You can schedule an appointment online at freewaytireshop.com. So get your vehicles over there and let them get taken care of. Also, of course, as we have been talking about, Smokey John's Barbecue, man. Our buddies over there, Juan and Brent, it's a brother team that owns Smokey John's Barbecue. It's local. It's been in their family for years, and they're doing it better than anybody. And the best part, have you gotten your jam session bowl yet? Have you gone in and ordered off the secret menu that knowing nod when they give you the jam session bowl, when everybody else looks around and goes, wait a second, what is that? I didn't see that on the menu. And you just look at them and go, yeah, jam session bowl. And they don't even know what you're talking about because it's that secret. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing, man, when you when you order it. And so, yeah, go up to uh, Smokey John's. Make sure you order it. It's, it's good. It, and it's a uh, macaroni and cheese or a sweet or a potatoes uh, base. And then, man, they treat it like a loaded baked potato with mm-hmm. your choice of five smoked meats. Uh, you know, got some chives, got some sour cream, drizzle it with a Smokey John's sauce. It's, dude, and it's big enough for two. And again, I don't think I've ever seen anybody eat it without coming back for leftovers, even when two started on it. So it's fantastic and it's huge. It's funny, too, how many people and there's been a couple of you, to be fair, there's been a couple of you who did knock it out by yourself. But there's been more of you that I remember a couple of people that have tweeted in and said, yeah, I thought I could finish it by myself. Nah, you guys are right. Like, like that is a massive, massive bowl of barbecue and all the goods. At Smokey John's Barbecue, you can check them out right there in Dallas off Mockingbird in between Love Field and 35. Or you can check them out online at SmokeyJohns.com as well. So as we move forward here, and now you start looking ahead, and you, we kind of talk about McCarthy and what the hell is going to happen. Look, sometimes people, and I get it, I understand the frustrations. Many people in the aftermath, Zeke is done, Zeke sucks, Zeke is nothing anymore. 
12 for 31 yards in the playoff game for 2.6 per. We now understand that he was running most of the year on a partially torn PCL, which would affect anybody. Guys, the reality of it is Zeke Elliott is going to be on this team next year. You, you don't have to like it. It's just reality. This is the final year of that contract before they can get out of it if they de- if they decide. But in 2022, he has a dead cap hit of $30 million. They're not going to cut Zeke Elliott. No. And, you know, Zeke Elliott, the reality is he was outstanding the first five weeks until he tore his PCL. Yeah. Um, he couldn't function the last few weeks. And see, that is, and I'm just I'm just keeping it real, that is about the coaching staff, which is the complaint most of y'all have. You know, sh- should Tony Pollard have a bigger role or whatever? We also know that, you know, Tony Pollard is his average blocker, and so sometimes you got to have him out there for that. So the question is, you know, is Mike McCarthy or any other coach tough enough to tell Zeke, hey, dog, the reality is Pollard going to start and get 60% of the carries. You're going to get 40 you know, maybe your roles are reversed. You're more of the third down guy because you can catch and block and, you know, that, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. But basically your coach probably needs to say, hey, we got an open competition of running back next year because uh, Zeke might have won it, you know, and been the star until he got hurt. But, you know, y'all, the bottom line is the conversation has to be had that, um, you know, the competition's open and running back. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the things when you look at it, and there was more of an equal share as the season progressed, but still the reality of it is is Zeke was getting the bulk of the carries and the bulk of the snaps in most of the games when it was blatantly obvious to anybody watching that he was not what we had expected, that something was bothering him, and that Tony Pollard had just way more explosion. And had more burst. And even today, you know, it was frustrating because Pollard had the one eight-yard run. And that was basically the one series. He only had four carries for 14 yards. And they kept giving it to Zeke. And look, he had a run of nine. He had a couple runs of five. Maybe the best play of the game that he had was on that, I believe it was a third down when he picked up two blitzers and knocked them both out. And Dak was able to complete a first down pass. But nobody could watch these two guys run the football after Zeke tore whatever was in his knee that bothered him all year and not think that Tony Pollard was a better option as far as explosion goes. I mean, you say that, but clearly McCarthy and Kellen Moore did. Well, see, and that's an indictment on them. I mean, like you're saying, somebody's got to be able to go to Zeke and be like, look, anybody watching these games, I mean, you look like an old man. We can tell you're being bothered by your knee. We got to right. give Pollard the, the more design plays and, and do more for Pollard to get a guy like that, the ball in space, kind of like what the Niners are doing with Debo Samuel. Yeah, um, dude. I mean, I, I, that's what I'm talking about when I say you have to have a coach who can do that, who can say that, who can have those types of conversations and get it done and not be you know afraid to have that confrontational conversation because Zick ain't going to like it. But it might be what needs to be best for the team. No different than when you told Zach, I mean, told Dak, bro, you got to sit down for a week because your calf needs that extra week yeah. to get ready. Well, in, in reality of it being, look, yes, Zeke's going to be on this team next year. And then if you want to, you could move on after 2022 for an $11 million cap, dead cap. Tony Pollard's going into the final year of his contract next year. And, and I don't know if Tony Pollard wants an opportunity to be a number one back somewhere. But you may need to find out next year how much do we think Tony Pollard can do for us 
Because that's going to be one of those questions that you're going to have to answer after 2022. Do you want to bring Pollard back as he's only 25 years old? He's a little bit younger than Zeke. Or are you ready to move on from Zeke, keep Pollard? It's kind of like the Gallup Cooper situation this year. I mean, they're going to have an opportunity because I have a hard time believing that both these dudes will be on the team in 2023. Correct. Um, Maybe there's a way to get Pollard a little more money now and lock him up if you're sure he wants to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but it's for a guy like Pollard, man, who ain't never been paid. He was a fourth round pick working on a rookie deal. Although he's gotten a few more money through some other stuff the NFL's got got in for overperforming rookies. The bottom line is he ain't been paid yet. And so when you haven't been paid and the life expectancy of a running back is 28, his loyalty, I guarantee y'all, I guarantee y'all, is to himself. Mm-hmm. Because he hadn't had the fat contract yet. He just hasn't, especially as a fourth-round pick. Uh, he's probably made in his career. I could look it up, but I'm too lazy to do it. I'm just going to be keeping real with y'all. Uh, he could probably made about two and a half million in his career, which is a lot for me mm-hmm. and Matt, but it ain't shit for a professional football player. That's true, and you're exactly right. So that's going to be something moving forward that you have to monitor. But again, I bring that up because a lot of people are just, well, Zeke's done, get rid of him. You can't get rid of him. They're also, and, and listen to this, you may be right, and I have said this many times. I believe in Dak. I think the dude can win. He hasn't done it. The fact that he is six years into his NFL career and has one playoff win, he is getting paid to win in the playoffs. It didn't happen. He is as much to blame for this failure as many of the other things that we are pointing out. But this is also a fact. They are not going to trade Dak Prescott. They are not getting rid of Dak Prescott. So you guys tweeting in about, well, they should work out a trade. Somebody mentioned they should trade Dak for Russell Wilson, or they should do something and trade Dak for Deshaun Watson. Guys, keep this in mind. Dak Prescott is going to be the starting quarterback in 2022 for the Dallas Cowboys. He has a $77.8 million dead cap hit. Okay? There is no way to get out from under that. He is going to be the quarterback next year, and he's going to be the quarterback in 2023 when he has a $43.3 million dead cap hit. He is going to be the starting quarterback of this franchise for the next two seasons minimum. That's just how it is. Minimum. That's the numbers, man. Whether you believe it or not, whether it frustrates you, that, that's just that contract is what it is. That's what they gave him. They believe that they can win with this guy. He's got to prove that they can because so far they haven't. And and he wasn't that great today either. No, he didn't play. Uh, he hadn't consistently played as well as he needs to play. He's like everybody else, bro. And that has been part of the problem, man. They just could never find the rhythm they had early in the season, bro. They just never found it. And uh, it's, you know, the word I keep using is profoundly disappointing. It is. It's, it's colossally disappointing. To me, it's failure. I, I believe that this is a season of failure. It was a season, again, you signed Dak and gave him $40 million, and you brought in Mike McCarthy two seasons ago because you were supposed to win in the playoffs. You have the defensive rookie of the year who's going to get votes for defensive player of the year. You have an all-pro on your offensive line. You've got this running back making gobs of money. You had, and now Gallup was basically a non-factor this season, but you've got two first-round wide receivers in Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. You've got... A guy on defense and Demarcus Lawrence, who you paid a ton of money to to disrupt everything, and you tr- you you brought in and changed the defense up enough where they were setting records for takeaways, and you've got a shutdown cornerback and Trayvon Diggs who's making some plays for you. 
and you didn't win a playoff game. I, that's a failure. You failed. This season is a failure. I don't really think there's any way to get around it, man. Um, and I, I don't think the players, the ones who matter, uh, will say that uh, that it that it is, bro. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it has to be a failure because of the expectations, because of the roster. You know, I've been pretty adamant in telling y'all that I thought this was the best roster they would have over the next two or three years because yeah. of the depth at the different positions. And so, dude, I mean, this was a really, really, really talented team that didn't come close to playing to his expectation. And the bottom line is you got to figure out why. And you got to figure out who's to blame. And you can't lie about it because, you know, depending on who you blame correctly, you can fix it and make, you know, have another great season with, with good results next year. Yeah, and look, everybody knows this. I think that we're all very well aware of this. You know, there's always a colossal amount of roster turnover. That That's just the way that it is. There's a lot of guys that are on this team that are not going to be on this team next year. There's guys that they'll cut and move on from, and there's guys that have expiring contracts. Leighton Van Resch is an example of that. And, and Leighton Van Resch, I don't know that he's on this team next year. There's guys all across this roster that they're going to have to make some tough decisions on. And that's just, I mean, at the end of the day, we know this. That's what happens in the NFL. About a third of your roster overturns every year. And the Cowboys had some really good players this year. And like you pointed out, some of that depth that is, you just don't always know that you're going to be able to replace it. Nobody knew that they were going to bring in all these different players on defense and that they would have the impact that they're having. There's no guarantee that they're going to have that again. And then the idea that all these guys that you believe that are the core of this group, these last six years with Dak since he came into the league, they're all getting a year older. Dak will be in his seventh NFL season next year. Dak and Zeke together going into year seven, and they have one playoff win to show for it. Not what we thought when they stormed on the scene with 13-3 and three as rookies. No, bro. not at all. Um, but, but that's what it is, and you just got to keep it real, man. Um, you can't lie to yourself about it. You got to keep it real and figure out what the uh, what the issue is. And there's a lot of issues, and you got to figure out how to address them, the best way to address them. And uh, you know, try again next year. But this one, this one stings, man. This one is going to go down. You know, like we've said, with uh, 07 and 14 and 16, yeah. it's just a colossally wasted opportunity, especially when you go back, as we've said all year long, man. Who scares you this year? Nobody. Any of, any of those guys can be beaten. Apparently, we should have said San Francisco because they ended. You, they cut <laughs> off your head. Your body is now in a ditch, and you're dead. Your, your season is a waste. I think that that's the thing that I hate the most about this, and we talked about this. You know, we've talked about this over the years that we've had conversations. When you look at what the Cowboys have done and you look at the season's and this is what's so frustrating, the fact that other teams will have these years where they go 12-5 and five or in yeah. years past 13-3 and three or 12-4 and four or whatever, and they will make something out of it. They make it count. And the Cowboys have these. They did it with Romo. They had one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Is he a Hall of Famer? No. Neither is Dak. You don't have to have a Hall of Fame quarterback to win. Joe Flacco has a ring. Hell, Eli Manning has two of them. There's, yeah. the, the game is littered with dudes who were pretty good at quarterback, that, that had talent around them that, that when they got their opportunity, they took advantage of it. And this franchise, for 26 years, 
has failed to take advantage of that, and you waste another season in the prime of their careers, and that's what's frustrating about this, because I agree with you. It feels like this was going to be the best shot, because as these guys start getting older, we already know how many injury problems like a Tyron Smith has, and Tank Lawrence, freak injuries or not, Tank Lawrence got hurt again this year and missed a chunk of time. And a lot of these dudes that are on this team, they're approaching that 29, that 30, that 31-year-old season. And in the NFL, you're a dinosaur at that point, unless you're Tom Brady. Yeah, bro. That's why, to me, this year was such a big deal. Um, they, had really, they had arguably one of the most talented rosters in the National Football League, man. Um, and then you look at today and you just go, so CeeDee Lamb doesn't catch a ball to the yeah. fourth quarter? Like, what's up with that? Mari Cooper has a quiet day with 60 yards or whatever. Um, I mean, it's just – you know, Tyron Smith gets a holding penalty late that hurts. Um, it was just a uh, performance where all the flaws we saw early in the year at different times, man, they all showed up today. And, uh, you know, it's yet another disappointing season comes yeah. to an end. It is, man. It really, really sucks. And many of you on Twitter echo all of this. I mean, we can just go through a few of your tweets. Larry Hoffman a season of unrealized expectations, consistent inconsistency, flashes of greatness followed by predictable malaise. I would completely agree with you, Larry. As Posey tweets in, Cowboys need to make Dan Quinn the head coach. Jeremy tweets at us, lifelong Cowboy fan like you, Dak will never get it done. Zeke needs to go. Pollard didn't even get a shot tonight. 31 yards rushing is freaking despicable. And I understand, look, Jim, my hot take, obviously O-line is not what we expected, but something is wrong with the receivers and Dak. It's not talent or injury. I don't know what it is, but their failure to figure it out is the big tragedy of this season with respect to the expectations going in. And he's exactly right. And that's one of the things that is, you know, that adds to it. The expectations of knowing what you can be. Now, did we think they would? I think I picked them to go 11 and 6. I thought they would win the division and make the playoffs. I thought that this group would get a playoff win. They won one better than that. And the fact that you didn't get a playoff win, you know, it really adds to that because it is the big tragedy of all this. They are the franchise that, for whatever reason, has more in common with the Detroit Lions and Washington than they do with the New Englands and the Pittsburghs and the Seattles of recent years and that should be i don't know how you fix it but they got to figure out how the frick do it (laughs) bro i mean you know what man i don't think i don't know that it can be what's the word i'm like only your core players can fix it man you know it's up to dak to fix it meaning you have to uh decide as a team um, that there's going to be a breakthrough, that you're going to get it done, that you know that it's going to happen. But it's got to be a team thing. And that's what I'm talking about, man. Like, and I was talking to my dad about this today. Like, six weeks ago or something like that, New England beat, beat the Bills with, uh, you know, two or three passes. And then Buffalo went back to New England in a game they had to win to win the division and get the – better seed beat new england there and then they beat them 47 17 in the playoffs he's essentially proving last year's division title was not a fluke and in my opinion ending officially ending the dynasty like that thing's a wrap okay they can start a new one but that brady whole that run is over um but what i'm saying is their players decided that it was time to end new england's deal and they if you watch any of that game 
those dudes were jumping over people's heads and grabbing passes and making incredible plays early in the game. And then go look at Cincinnati, man, where they won the first playoff game in 31 years. And in part, it's because Joe Burrow, Joey Swag, I think they call him, he just showed up and was like, uh, I don't know what y'all been doing for the last three, four, five decades, but that shit about to change around here. I'm here. Yeah. And this, this way we do things, man. And you can see it change. And so they win because the players in the locker room decided – this shit, it's time for a new. It's time for some new stuff. Jamar Chase is like, nah, bro. This ain't how we get down. And so the Cowboys have got to do that. Dak is a phenomenal leader, but he still got to take the next step. Uh, there was too much of that bullshit fake talk for me this year, man. Yeah. And not enough of the action. And when I say the fake talk is. You know, like Denver, oh, we took those guys for granted. Um, you know, uh, we'll come back and be more focused. Nah, bro. Wasn't it, I mean, they had a ready-made kind of excuse after every loss. Very rarely have the Cowboys just owned it and said, you know what, we got an ass kick uh, on the field, and, uh, you know, we'll come back and do better. They, you know, it's, it's, we didn't take them seriously and all this other stuff, you know. And, dude, there's got to be more real accountability. Uh, and, you know, we're nitpicking, but we're nitpicking because you went 12-5 and five and the season didn't come anywhere close to ending it the way you want it to. Right. Uh, again, you don't pay your quarterback this much money. You don't bring in Mike McCarthy. You don't invest in some of the players they've invested in to not have playoff success. That's why this game is what it is. The whole goal of all of this is to win a Super Bowl. Is, is to get into the conversation for the Super Bowl, which to me you can't get into unless you can make a conference title game. They have not legitimately been in the conversation for a Super Bowl in 26 years. And that's the status quo. And, and regardless of the coaches changing and the players changing, for whatever reason, we're talking about a franchise that has four playoff wins in 26 years. Right. That's what it is. They have four. And again, I go back to it. This is Dak's team now. He got $40 million to win in the playoffs. I don't give a... Get, how many Giants fans, how many people that are going to vote for the Hall coming up are going to go, well, I don't know. You know, that, that year that, that Eli won the Super Bowl, they were only 9-7 and seven in the regular season. Nobody gives a flying rat's ass what your record is in the regular season. Win a damn ring. Go, next year, go 9-8 and eight and make the playoffs as a seven seed and win a Super Bowl, nobody will sit there and go, eh, they're only 9-8, and eight, though, in the regular season. That's no, what this is about. A- it's about winning in the playoffs. That is what separates the great players from the good players and the average players. And right now, fairly or not, until they prove otherwise, this is a roster of good and average players. Yeah, it's, uh, they've got to figure out a way to get over the hump, man. And you're not over the hump until you're over the hump, if that makes sense. And so I get it, and it's, it's, it's really just about action, man. Nothing else matters until there's action. And once there's action, you know, then we can, we can reevaluate some things, man. But for now, bro, they just, um, they've really just got to figure out a way to get over the hump, and nobody can do it except the players. Yeah, you're exactly right because, again, we've seen this with different people and different coaches, and they keep changing it. The players are going to still be here. The bulk of these guys are coming back again next year. A third of the roster will change over. There will be some big names that are gone. But there's not some colossally amazing upgrade that's on the way. 
the Cowboys are very tied up against the cap next year. They're going to have to get creative. There's not some big savior that's coming in here to shore up the offensive line that they're going to snatch from free agency. They've, would... Now, they, they may be able to move around a little bit, but they don't have the money that's available to them to go out and, and bring in another, well, we're going to replace Connor Williams with a $15 million a year guard. No. It's um, a lot of replacements got to be internal and, uh, you know, it can uh, it can happen. Uh, they can draft again and get some more good players in the draft who can really help. Uh, but, you know, internally, man, it's about their best players again deciding that, um, you know, they're going to get it done and breaking through and making an, an all in commitment. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that they didn't, but I'm saying you can be more committed. Like, you can be committed to the fact that, you know, I'm not going anywhere during the pandemic to ensure that I don't get it and miss mm-hmm. a game or yeah. whatever. I mean, and, and it's, you know, well, I got a life. No, we're trying to win. So for this four-month period, you know, I'm 100% committed to the team. And if your best players all do that, then everybody else will get a line in line. And if your best players, even and we're talking about the pandemic, so let's keep it real. So even if you're not down with the jab, but you're like, you know what? Okay, I'm a, I'm, I don't really feel like I need it. I don't really think I have to have it, whatever. But to ensure, because of these draconian rules that the NFL has in place, if that's what you believe, I'm going to go get the jab because I'm going to do everything humanly possible, Amari Cooper and others. And so, you know, if if you can get your best players to do that, 100% committed on every single solitary level, you may be able to break through because that's what's required now. It's required is a breakthrough, man. Somebody's got to decide I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and go make it happen. Yeah, and, and, you know, it is unfortunate because you wonder, you start to see this with McCarthy and, you know, like Dak's comments I thought were interesting after the game because he was asked about the officiating, and he said the fans felt the same way as us. I guess that's why the refs took off and got out of there so fast. I think everybody is upset with the way this thing plays off. And then he was told, you know, he was ripping the fans for throwing bottles at the players, but then he was told that they were aiming for officiating, and Prescott said, a credit to them. And I was like, man, Dak, and I'm sure he'll reassess. But here's the problem, and, and Tim on Twitter I actually thought described this very well. This is what Tim said about this. Normalize bitching about officiating, and this is the shit you get. Done with McCarthy for that alone. Take some responsibility for your undisciplined team. This is what I've been talking about, bro. Yep. This is exactly what I'm talking about. He nailed it. He's dead on. You're not owning it. When you own it, you can fix it. If you never own it, you'll never fix it. And if you never fix it, then these problems will fester next year or you'll come up with, uh, you know, with other excuses for why you didn't win. It starts with a coach, then it moves to the quarterback, then it moves to the rest of the team. And it can work positively like it does most of the time around here with Dak. Or it can work negatively, man. You cannot, you know, insinuate that the officials cost you the game. And if the officials had been better, you would have won. Not on a day where you played like shit. No, and and – Again, I think that that's where a lot of this is. And, and you brought up the Joe Burrow thing. And Joe Burrow shows up and says, nah, we're getting this one. 
Now, maybe they lose, depending on what happens with the Steelers in Kansas City. You know, maybe Cincinnati doesn't have to play Tennessee, but that's what it looks like because Kansas City's wiping the field with Pittsburgh. You know, maybe Cincinnati doesn't get past Tennessee, but it sure seems like they've got an assassin at quarterback. You know, Buffalo, the same thing with Josh Allen. And, and you see some of these other young quarterbacks that are in the league that have come in in the last couple of years that are doing things and winning in the playoffs. And are you going to win every year? No. But when you have opportunities and you're at home, you take advantage of those opportunities. And that's where this is starting to get really frustrating. And yeah, you got to put some, as much as I love Dak, and I've been a Dak defender since he came in, you know, he shares in the blame. He, he wasn't good enough today, and they didn't do enough as a team and as a unit. And this is just, this one's going to be really disappointing. And it's really going to put a lack of belief for me, I think, moving forward until they prove otherwise. Because I, I really believe they would win this game. I didn't know about Tampa. But I thought, you know what? I really thought they're at home. They'll play good. If they can get this win, then you never know. They've already played Tampa. Maybe they'll, who knows? And, and the fact they couldn't even get their home playoff game, it, it, it's sad and it, it really makes you question the leaders on this team if this is a group that can't ever get it done. Yes, because, um, they, I mean, they just, they were never in it, man. They never took the fight to San Francisco. San Francisco took the fight to them the whole game. Uh, I think to me that's a disappointing thing. and It's like yeah. those effort plays I told you about earlier. That's just pure I'm determined not to get beat on this particular play or I'm determined to get a guy down. And it's just really, 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 really rare in a big game like this where there are so many obvious I want it more than you want it plays by one team. You know? Because there's a difference between I jumped over you and yeah. made a great play. Right. I mean, that's cool. But this is, there's five guys between me and a first down marker three yards away, and I run through two of them to get the first down. That's just, I fucking want it, man. And I'm going to get it. And, you know, San Francisco had a bunch of those plays today, man. I mean, it's so shocking that I'm, 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 I'm keeping this real with you, Matt. In my notes and stuff, I can pretty much tell you I've never talked, I've never had that many notes of obvious, I want it more than you want it plays. There's always a couple of them in a the game, but never so many where it's just like, well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> they just want it more, man. Go look at the tape. You can see they just want it more. Wow. Yeah, and it's frustrating, man, and it sucks, but... You know, we talked about this with Ed Werder on the podcast we did on Friday. And you and I, when we gave our predictions, we basically said, and I think you'd pointed this out, the magic number, if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have to throw it more than 30 times. Correct. Jimmy Garoppolo had 25 pass attempts. Yeah, bro. And I, for a while, I was like, my God, this defense is really not going to get any takeaways. And they at least got one. But it wasn't enough. And the 49ers advance. They will play in Green Bay next week. It'll be the 49ers in Green Bay, and it will be either the Rams or the Cardinals uh, heading down to Tampa, and the Dallas Cowboys will have to sit and assess what the hell went wrong. And I, I'm really afraid by this, man, because I, I really wonder, and this is kind of what I was talking about with my comments, the leaders of this thing, if nothing changes, I, I really, really wonder, based on what we saw in the post game, if they're going to be able to sit and look at some of the things that they never could figure out this year and if there will really truly be a change or if it'll still be that same stubbornness, almost like a bullheadedness. 
from McCarthy that I think bleeds down into this team, and, and we'll see if they can change that or not. But right now, it is what it is, and it sucks. Dude, that's a, that's a huge question that, that you know we won't know the answer for a long time. Ultimately, we will. Um, but you know, I keep saying the same thing, Doug. It's true. You simply cannot lie to yourself after a loss like this. And um, you know, the three best players are already doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or three most important people, whether it's the the coach, the quarterback, and I just saw Tank Lawrence, you know, chimed in on it as well. It's you know, that's not the right mentality, bro. No, but when your when your head coach is doing it, why wouldn't you be doing it? I mean, your head coach is the one that's got to stand up there and and, and say no. That's that's not, we're not going to do it like that, and let the leaders on this team know that's not what it is. I mean, stop holding, stop false starting, stop doing some of these things. Execute these plays that were available for us to execute. And when McCarthy is the guy up there and he's the leader and he's the one basically blaming it on that and acting like, well, everything else, you know, with the refs, the refs would just let us play. We would have beat him. <laughs> well, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, fire him. It's time. I'm sorry. Two seasons, you didn't get it done. I've had enough. That's, I mean, that's a fascinating question now that didn't really pop up uh, until now. I mean, Jason Lockenford wrote something about it, but it was so shady that I hesitate to mention it. And Jason Lockenford and typically, you know, does a good job for an insider uh, out of Baltimore. Uh, but, dude, he was like, well, the Cowboys may make a move if they lose today. Right, I saw and that. And now, you know, I mean, it didn't have a single solitary fact in it. And then it had one source. Well, hell, that source could have been anybody. Well, and I, I thought the phrase was. I wanted to tweet out and be like, well, the Cowboys may not get rid of Mike McCarthy. You know, because well, typically, why you know, you don't write something that may or may, God, yeah, because like, they may get rid of Mike McCarthy. Oh, wow, that's insightful, but they may not, too, huh? You know, I mean, if you said it's expected to, yeah, well, it'd be different. different. That's yeah. basically you saying it's going to happen. Now, but may is like just a fudge word, man. But anyway, we digress. The point is, um, it really hasn't been an issue, and now, brother, it is, especially with his comment after the game, which is why you asked the question. Uh, because, and this is how I like to explain it, Matt, so that people are clear. So, in essence, Jerry asked Mike McCarthy, asked uh, Ed Werder, asked Jerry after the game. Basically, I'm paraphrasing it. Is Mike McCarthy safe? Is he coming back next year? And Jerry goes, that's not something I even want to talk about right now. Okay? Now, we've played this game a few years ago. Let me explain to you how it works. Hey, Matt, you give me Jerry's answer to this question, okay? I'm going to give you three questions. Question number one, Matt, is Dak Prescott our quarterback next our starting quarterback next year? Yes. Okay. Uh, Matt, is uh, Zach Martin our starting uh, right guard next year? Yes, he is. Okay. Hey, uh, Matt, is Micah Parsons our starting uh, you know, linebacker slash defensive end next year? Of course he is, definitely. Okay. Hey, Matt, is Mike McCarthy our coach next year? Well, he's well, our coach know. right now, Jacques. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> Do y'all, and, and I say that, and y'all are right. probably like, well, duh, but that's just how easy it has to be. You know, you know just go back you know, to other teams. Yeah. You know, because um, you're always the coach until you're not. And so, yeah, Mike McCarthy may be the coach, but I don't know that he will be the coach. I, I don't know that Jerry knows that answer right now if you if you showed up at his house and asked him in between sips of Johnny Walker Blue. Because he's still up talking about it right now. 
Yeah, I, and, it's uh, that's legit, bro. And we will find out in the next couple of days. I can promise you that it, it, this is something because I would imagine if that's the direction they want to go, and it is Dan Quinn, and they decide, look, Quinn is the one that we need to to give a shot here to then you're going to have to do it quickly because I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos name him as their head coach by the end of the week. Wouldn't surprise me at all. And so they're going to have to make these these thoughts. But this is interesting because John on Twitter sent us a message, and he has an idea. Says, huge fan. We appreciate that, John. Thank you so much for listening. He goes, why wouldn't Jerry and Steven call the Saints to see if they would trade Sean Payton, who only has a year left on his contract, for our first-round pick this year? to buy out the one remaining year on his contract. As as Werder has said, the Jones family's biggest regret when it comes to coaches was Sean Payton leaving. He owns a home in Dallas. He has family there, all that, of course. I don't know. I, I, I don't know that anything is off the table. I, if, I, I don't know if Sean Payton would want to do that. Would he want to leave New Orleans? Is he done in New Orleans because he doesn't have a quarterback? I don't know. But if they decide to make a change from Mike McCarthy, to me, I would be kind of surprised if it wasn't to go to Dan Quinn. Yeah, I think that's the move. That's the one that has to be determined. That's the one. Uh, that's the one we'll figure out. And uh, I don't know what the answer is right now, bro. I don't either. And another one from a different John. This is John K on Twitter. Listen to every episode. Two months ago, you dismissed concerns of Cowboys fans concerned about the direction of the team. Mocked those folks. Turns out they were spot on, and you were wrong. I think it's time you admit that on the podcast. And I said, spot on that the team went 12-5? and I don't know. I mean, at the time, as he points out, he says they struggled through the last two months, which Jacques and I have been talking about, and we talked about it as they were doing that. I'm only suggesting that you own up that you had a bad read around the Broncos' loss. Yes, you're right. I thought they would beat Denver, and I was wrong. So I will own up to that. But outside of that, look, I started, and I, I said this. I mean, I said it is concerning that this team can't run the football, and these offensive concerns... They don't feel like they have addressed this or gotten any better. And I had said a couple of weeks ago that I had a hard time believing this team could get past the divisional round. Lo and behold, they couldn't even get past the wild card round. <laughs> no, I think it's a uh, it's the deal that um, bro, they never just they never got it back, man. No, they never did. They when they lost when, yeah. whatever mojo they had, and they could never just. They could never just figure out how to get it back. And to me, that was the um, that was the thing that hurt them the most. Yeah, and, and maybe it was the Denver loss that killed them. I mean, you look at that, they were 6-1, and one, and they went 6-4 and four the rest of the way after beating Minnesota in, in the Cooper Rush game. But the reality of it was when they lost to Denver, even when they lost to Kansas City and the offense was struggling, is you still looked at it and thought, okay, there's, there's so much time left in this season for them to work on this, which is why I wasn't, as some people were, I wasn't ready to bail out and say, well, this team's not going to accomplish anything because they had so much left of the schedule. I mean, when they got past Kansas City, they still had seven games left. I mean, they were seven and three with seven games left. I thought, okay, well, let's see if they can figure out some of these problems of the last couple of weeks. And then the offense came out and put up 33 against Vegas on Thanksgiving. I thought, okay, well, the offense, maybe, I, you know, I don't know. And, and it just got, it was a weird-ass last little bit of the season where week in and week out, you could see, well, they're running out. It, it would become, well, they got five weeks left. And now they only got three weeks left. And we even said this on the podcast. At some point, they became what they were. 
and you didn't have enough time to truly start to work on any of these things. And lo and behold, that's what this team is. That, that's why they lost tonight. They, they were what they were the last six weeks of the season or so. That's what this team is. And they're dead. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's usually how it always works out, bro. You are who you are, good, bad, better, and different, man. Over the course of a season, because the season doesn't lie. That's who you are. Um, and, you know, we talked about it, that the offense was booty and that the numbers had really been put up, you know, against Atlanta and against Washington over their last 10, 11 games. You know, they were averaging 29 points and 400-plus yards in those two games and basically 22 points and 350 yards in the other ones. And so it's clear that those were outliers, man. And uh, I'm, I'm disappointed, man, that they could never figure out how to play a complete football game again against a good team. Yeah. You know, the loss to Denver was the first red flag, but, you know, the loss to the Raiders was a red flag. Sure. The loss to the Cardinals was a red flag. And here's why. Those teams didn't do shit after they beat the Cowboys. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like those teams beat the Cowboys and then went on runs. No. They beat the Cowboys and then went back to losing. Um, all red flags. Uh, I thought that they would play better today. and uh, They didn't. They didn't and didn't come close to it. And the reality of it is, I mean, you look at this, if you go back to when they lost to Denver, and including today, this is a Dallas Cowboys team that finished fairly or unfairly. I mean, with that Denver loss, they finished 6-5 and five with the San Francisco loss. 6-5 and five in their final 11 games, including the playoffs. That's an average mediocre team, and that's kind of the effort I felt like in – the execution that we saw today was very mediocre and very disappointing, and it's over. I mean, it's who they were all year, bro. As you watch the game, you're just more and more like, I've seen this. Yeah. This is the worst of what they do all in one game. And, you know, like, I mean, it was just a classic Cowboys game. They had some really good plays, and then they screwed them up right after with self-inflicted mistakes. Um, the, the defense held on as long as they could till they finally broke – and they broke right about the time where the offense figured out how to do just a little bit of something. Um, and then, you know, the final drive. If the defense does anything worth a, worth a yeah. shit, my word of the day. I mean, they got the ball with eight minutes left. They gave it back to you with like three-something or four, just around yeah. four. I mean, you gave up three or four first downs. I mean, you're supposed to get the team the ball right back and ride that momentum. And then the offense has two or three opportunities in the last four minutes, and they can't do anything with it. Uh, with a quarterback who's actually really good in those situations, they just uh, they just pissed it away, man. And they uh, they got nobody to blame but themselves. That's right. So the season is over. The Cowboys are done. A lot of changes coming on the way. We will have another couple of episodes this week. We'll take a look at more of the playoff games over the course of the weekend once we see what happens. But it's wild because depending on what happens on Monday night. The Chiefs are going to win, so that'll mean that all the home teams so far have won except the Dallas Cowboys. And I wouldn't be surprised yep. at all if it ends up being five home teams in the wild card round with the Rams tomorrow night. If five win and the one road team that advances ends up being San Francisco. It's it's really a bummer, but we'll dive into more of that. This is obviously like just hardcore Cowboys. Disappointing, man. It really I was really bummed. I sat on the couch. I turned the TV off when the game ended. I didn't watch any of the interviews at the end and just sat there with a the blank TV, just staring and shaking my head for like 15 minutes. 
And that's just yeah. it, it. It's this one is a real, real bummer. But who knows? I mean, I, sometimes I wonder. We we think they have these good teams and they don't do anything. Maybe next year we'll think, well, this team's not going to be as good. Maybe that's when they figure it out. Who knows? But they didn't figure it out this year, so that sucks. But we'll be back later in the week. Todd Archer will join us. Maybe they'll fire Mike McCarthy. There's going to be plenty to talk about as the the weeks turn into the next round of playoffs, and we'll see who plays for the Super Bowl, and we'll keep it going, man. Podcast is still going to be here with all you guys. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, have a drink, have a smoke, go to sleep if that's your thing. Have some comfort food like me. Uh, but, you know, do something to ease the pain tonight and then uh, crank, crank it back up tomorrow. Yeah, maybe we'll start getting into a little Mavs, you know? I mean, hell, they, they've won, what, 9 out of 11, I think. They're five, games over, they're five games over 500. They're fifth in the West. So, you and know, they're playing defense. How yeah, about that? They've, they've turned it around a bit. You got pitchers and catchers reporting here in about a month for the Rangers. Well, assuming baseball figures out what the hell they're doing. Right, so right, right. it's on the up and up, and we're still going to have a lot of fun on the podcast as we continue, but tough one tonight, and that wraps it up, man. That is the end of the Dallas Cowboys 2021 season officially. So we'll touch base with everybody out there next week as the week continues and see what changes are on the way. In the meantime, enjoy your week. We love you all. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. Also brought to you by Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America. Let him help you secure your family's future. You can give him a call at 940-453-3490. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy. Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.